I'm so glad that y'all are here joining us for Easter services. And um, here's the thing. If you come back next Sunday, you'll see the same thing, except I won't be wearing a jacket. Um, this is what you get. We are family, and I'm so excited about what God is doing at New Life Church. I want to dive straight into the Word. If you've got a Bible or your cell phone, it's going to be on the screens behind me. We're going to be starting off in Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Romans chapter 8, 34, it says, Who then is the one who condemns? Everyone say, no one. No one, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Tell the person next to you, say, I'm glad you've got clothes on. Okay, we can cross one of those out. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Quick poll, if you have been worried or stressed out in the last like two years, would you just wave at me? It's okay to raise your hand to church, okay? (laughs) Yeah, life has been a little crazy. It says, not even that, not the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or uh, above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I want to read this last part together out loud, if you don't mind. It says, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Of God. I don't know if you know this, but in the Greek, nothing means nothing, okay? <laughs> and uh, it, what's crazy is we can read that verse over and over. We can hear that verse over and over. We could sing that verse. We could hear it again and again and again. And here's the thing is we could still come up with reasons why God couldn't love somebody like us. I don't know if you struggle with that, but I have struggled with that. And this is the beautiful thing is the miracle of Easter It's the greatest thing that has ever happened in the world, amen? But did you know that it's also the greatest thing that's ever happened for you? And the the thing I want us to get inside of our heart today is that Easter is for you. We're celebrating the risen king, but he didn't just go to the cross and die and be resurrected so that we would be confused about why. I believe he wants to speak to us today. 1 John 4, it says this in verse 9. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son, this is the gospel, into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, this is love. Not that we loved God, but what? That he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I love this. He loved us before we could ever love him. So let's just just paint the picture real quick. If you're a hipster here this morning, he loved you before skinny jeans, okay? If you're a student here this morning, he loved you before you had all A's. Or if you were like me, maybe a few D's in there, okay? If you're a parent, a mom or a dad, and he loved you before you raised your kids. If you're a CEO and an owner of a business, he loved you before you were in charge. If you're a CrossFitter, he loved you before you told everybody that you worked out, okay? (laughs) Don't don't be mad, all right? If you're a Longhorns fan, we have a prayer team. Um, (laughs) Or a Bama fan, all right? We've, we've got prayer for that. We've, you know, altar will be open after service. This morning, if you feel far from God, can I give you some good news? 
that he is so close. He is so close. And uh, if, you, if you would just go with me real quick, I, I would say a lot has changed in the last two years. Would y'all agree? A lot has changed. Like the world has changed. Gas prices have changed. Can I get an amen? That's a little discouraging. Um, people have changed. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air has changed, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing is that even the last two years, we've had to change a little bit of how we've done church. I, two years ago on Easter, do y'all remember? It was online. Everybody was at the house eating bacon and eggs and watching service. And Kendra, I'll never forget this, she leaned over, my wife leaned over. We're eating breakfast, my son's at the table acting a fool, and it's 9 o'clock in the morning, we're watching church, and she gets her phone out and she starts recording. I was like, what are you doing? And she said, this will never happen again. And I was like, what will never happen again? She was like, this moment, we are at home on Easter Sunday eating breakfast. And I was like, am I supposed to be encouraged? I don't know. Like, and, and it was just so crazy how much has changed. But this is what I know is true, is that the love of God is not changing. Everything else in the world, the culture is changing, people are changing, politics changing, the news is changing, everything is changing. But look at me, God's love for you is not changing. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says in Hebrews 13 that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is what I know, God is not changing. His love is not changing. His word is not changing. Did you know that you could build your life on the firm foundation of the word of God? It's not, regardless if everybody's trying to change the word, the word remains the same. The word is still the truth. And here's the thing, the gospel is still good news. Can I get an amen? And as the world grows darker, the world grows dark, the church must glow brighter. And I believe God is gonna encourage you Today, the gospel literally means good news. And there is not a better time than good news. Like, like right now, we need some good news, right? Like the world needs some good news, and we get to deliver that right here and right now. Question, have you ever had something happen to you that just caught you off guard? Like it, it happened, and you, you were kind of like shook a little bit. You were shaking up. We've been potty training. Um, not me, but my son. <laughs> um, to clarify, we've been potty training my son Zane, and as my wife is the bomb, she like studied all this stuff on it. And here's the reality: is like every kid's different, and my son's been wilding out. Okay, he ran in the ran in the room the other day. He didn't have his underwear on. He was like, "I did it," and I was like, "Oh God, what did you do?" You know. <laughs> and we've been we've been caught off guard a little bit, but as we unfold this story of the gospel, I want I want to kind of explain some context before. Jesus is going to the cross. It says that Jesus had just been beaten and falsely accused. He was tormented, harassed, and abused in every way. He, he had hung on the cross, and he had a crown of thorns that was pressed into his skull. He endured something that none of us could ever endure, and, and to live a life after that, to, to, to go to the cross, even after what he went through, is just incredible. And in his final moments, he's on the cross and he's looking to left to right and he's, he's looking at the people who were hurting him and insulting him and, and, and beating him, the people who were hanging on the cross next to him. And you know what he says? He says, Father, would you forgive them for they know not what they do. In his last breaths, he's loving people and he's forgiving people. This next part is incredible. Jesus' body was ordered to be put into the tomb. 
Now, the officials ordered that uh, a guard would be present. Now, when I first read that, I'm thinking one person, but a guard was four people. Two people would guard, two people would be asleep. And they sealed the tomb after putting Jesus' body inside. They rolled the stone in front of it. And what I was studying is back in that time, they would actually lay a rope across the entrance and it would seal against the cave. And they would put wax on it so that if that rock were to move, they would know that that seal was broken. Are y'all tracking with me? And if the seal was broken, that's bad news for the people who were guarding the tomb because they were about to lose their lives. And so Jesus lays in the tomb and the wax seal represents human authority. The soldiers represented human strength, but I have good news this morning because material obstacles like that rock doesn't stand a chance between you and Jesus. Human authority doesn't stand a chance between the resurrected Jesus. And, and I know this, that human strength doesn't stand a chance either. And so I don't know what you've been putting between you and God or whatever it may be, but can I tell you that God can move that thing out of the way if you would let him? And the rock moves, the earth shook, and the story picks up in Luke 24, verse 1. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered it, they did not find the body of Jesus. But while they were wondering about this, suddenly, everyone say suddenly, I would be scared if this happened. Two men appeared in, in clothes that were gleaming like lightning and they stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? I love the way that John's gospel puts it. Mary says this. She says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So just to paint the picture, I want y'all to think about this. Now, I didn't grow up in church. I got saved about 11 years ago in college and uh, I got tricked into ministry and here we are, okay? Uh, I'm kidding. I love it. But, but when people say like, oh, everybody knows this part, that, I didn't know. So if you don't know, you're in good company, okay? The disciples and everyone following Jesus, they had seen miracles. They heard the best sermons ever preached because Jesus was preaching them. They were close to Jesus. They saw him walk on the water. They saw him heal people, to raise people from the dead. They listened to the very words of Jesus. But y'all, don't miss this. When they rolled up on the scene and Jesus wasn't in the tomb, they forgot that he said, I'm not going to be here, baby. I'm going to be gone. And they saw what was an empty tomb. And they freaked out. They panicked. They forgot. They were afraid. One disciple went back to his original career. He completely ran away from the things of God. One disciple took his life. Everyone is panicking, and they had completely forgotten about the promise of the resurrection. When I think about this, y'all, when Jesus died, everyone lost their hope because their hope had just died on the cross, and they were so overwhelmed by the circumstance that they forgot the promise of God. Can I ask you a question today? Has life overwhelmed you so much that you have forgotten the promise of God? Maybe in your life personally, maybe you, you chose to follow him a long time ago, or maybe you were like me and you're coming to the things of God for the first time and, and God is sharing his truth due to a circumstance they forgot what he promised. This sounds really familiar for me. I get so afraid, so overwhelmed and anxious. If y'all saw me last night, this is my first Easter to preach. I was so nervous. I'm still nervous. Y'all are intimidating people, okay? Okay. <laughs> 
we get caught up in life, man, and we miss out on the things of God. I've got a couple things I want us to think about this Sunday on Easter Sunday. If you're writing some things down, you can write this on your neighbor. Number one, close your eyes and remember the Lord. Close your eyes and remember the Lord. So often our eyes get glued to things. And did you know that you will end up steering towards the things that you stare at? That's why most wrecks happen next to other wrecks. That's why you got to be in the other lane passing somebody that's pulled over because we stare at it. This happens in our life. We will stare and then we steer towards it. And then we end up rubbernecking, amen. And we end up wrecking something in our life. So what do we do? We, we need to close our eyes to the world, to sin, to the worries of life. And this is what happens when you close your eyes and you remember the goodness of God. You open them and things begin to change. Your perspective begins to change. For we live by faith and not by there's a reason he said that. Because sometimes what we see doesn't match what's in our heart. Sometimes what we see doesn't match what we know God has promised us, but we get so caught up in life we forget. I forget. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. But we think sometimes that we've got to do more and accomplish more and earn his salvation. And that's not the case um, we close our eyes. Some of you, when you were kids, I know for me, like when you get scared, you close your eyes. Y'all know this? Like you watch scary movies and anybody, you cover your, you cover your eyes like you get scared. Just me? Okay. Um, but I, I get scared. Roller coasters still scare me to death. Anybody like roller coasters? We're going to pray. We're going to lay hands after service. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I get scared. Now, I, I've told our church, but I used to sleepwalk as a kid. I sometimes still do. Kendra prays against that in Jesus' name. And my mom would wake up when I was in junior high, middle school, and I would just be standing over her bed. And that's how you get punched in the face, okay? <laughs> that's the only time as a parent, it's okay. Like, and she would wake up, she'd be like, oh my goodness, right? And she would take me back to my room. My brother is, is a little bit older than me, and we shared a bedroom growing up. And he said he would wake up, it'd be like 2 o'clock in the morning, he'd look over, and I would just be standing on the bed pointing at the door, okay? And he's like, not today, Satan pulled the covers over his head. <laughs> Y'all, we get scared and we, we cover our eyes, but don't miss this. Closing your eyes does not change reality. It changes your perspective of reality. If you let God change your heart, let God change the way that you see the world around you. This is what God does. I learned that if I can close my eyes and remember to trust in the Lord, lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways, acknowledge him, then he will make my paths what? straight. But when I do it in my own strength, y'all know how crooked them paths are? It is just messed up. The disciples and, and Mary, they were so scared because what they were looking at was an empty tomb, and they forgot that they were looking at a promise. This is what God said would happen, but they forgot. If you would humor me real quick, would you close your eyes? I'm not going to throw anything at you, okay? We're not going to do anything weird. Just close your eyes. Just humor me. Would you think about the love of God? Would you think about what God has set you free from? Or maybe today for the first time that he can set you free from, if you could say yes to him. How does Jesus want you to respond right now in your life, to raise your kids, in, in your marriage? You maybe say this, Jesus, I choose you over my fear and my anxiety and my stress. How good has the Lord been? What has God spoken? Remember his faithfulness and his word and his truth and his provision. If you would open your eyes across the room. Some of y'all were peeking, I saw you. The second thing I wrote down is open your eyes and open your heart. 
When you can close your eyes and remember the faithfulness of God, and then you open your eyes and open your heart, something begins to shift. The empty tomb should have built their faith, but instead it robbed their faith because they forgot. I've had double-digit head injuries, okay, concussions, and I forget things so easily. Anybody else forget things like Sometimes we get so caught up in life, we completely forget about the resurrection and the power of God. This is Easter, that he didn't stay in the tomb. Can I get an amen? He resurrected. It would be so crazy if he didn't. We wouldn't just celebrate a death on a cross. We celebrate the resurrection because it gives us life. That's what Jesus did. Mary and the disciples were so scared. But this is what it says in Luke 24, verse 6. He is not here. He has risen. He has risen. It says, remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee. Some of us this morning, I believe, are going to remember for the first time in a long time that God spoke something over your life when he set you free. The, The promises and the calling of God are irrevocable on your life. I don't know if you knew that which means that he ain't taking those things back. He still has a purpose for you. You are not too far gone. God wants to save you and use your life as a a life raft for other people to come to know him. In my life, man, I, I have fallen down so many times. I've messed up so many times. Anybody else? Like, I've been, I'm so broken, but the Lord saved my life. When Kendra and I first got married, I love telling our church this story. We were newlyweds. It's like four months into marriage and we were living in Conway. This was before I was in ministry. It's very important you know that. Um, And uh, I was just wearing tube socks, okay? Just know it was midnight and don't get a visual, y'all are weird. Um, Some of y'all are offended. We have fun in church, it's okay. And she rolls over, it's like midnight. She's like, babe, my phone charger's out in the car. I was like, well, it's too bad, you know? And she said, will you go get it? And I was like, yeah, I'll go get it. You know, serve your wife and so. I get up out of bed. She's like, I bet you won't go out there like that. <laughs> and I was like, you bet the wrong guy. So I march to the door, don't get a visual. And, um, and I go to the front door and she follows. She's laughing. She's like, ah, you know, told her not to record because we don't want to go to jail. And um, then I open the door and right in front of our driveway, I'm telling you, we had a, we had a street light right over our driveway. And uh, things that are very white glow in the, the light. So, um, and so I take off running. I'm talking about four flat. I'm an athlete. I was running, baby. And uh, I get to the car, open the car door. I grab that phone charger <laughs> and I slam the door and I hear another door open. And I'm like, oh, good Lord, you know. <laughs> and I had a decision to make. Do I roll under the car or do I take off running? What do y'all think I did? I, I, amen. Y'all are in this. I love it. I took off running. And Kendra's at the door, she's laughing, ah, you know, she's laughing. And y'all, I was running, I forgot there was a step that went up to our patio. And so, uh, tube socks and all, I hit that thing, I hit the door, I rolled into the brick wall, I hit the brick pillar, I'm on the concrete. This is like Naked and Afraid 2.0, okay? Like, I'm, I'm like crying, I'm afraid, I'm in the most vulnerable place I've ever been. I'm bleeding from areas y'all didn't even know I could bleed from. And Kendra is like, ah, you know, she's laughing so hard. And y'all, she came out, she was pouring peroxide on me. If neighbors were watching, they are scarred for the rest of their life, okay? And if any of you were there, I'm sorry in Jesus' name. I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. (laughs) That's funny, y'all, but here's the thing. 
It is not funny when you see someone you love in your life fall down over and over again. There is nothing humorous about when you fall down and you feel like you can't get back up. When you've made a mistake and you think I'm damaged goods, no way that God could use somebody like me. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? He may not be proud of what you're currently doing, but he is proud of what he created you to do. And he wants you to turn to him. He loves you. Getting back up and getting back into the things of God is one of the hardest things to do. Would y'all agree? Because shame will press you down. Anxiety and stress about what will people think, it'll press you down. Opinions of other people, it'll press you down. But can I tell you, God is saying today, would you get back up? Would you get up? You don't have to stay down. Ephesians 3 tells us about Jesus and his love. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of Christ is. This is a powerful love. One of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the what? The world. That's all y'all that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you would have cost room, would you go ahead and stand to your feet? We're about to worship together. I just wanna stay in this moment. I believe God is speaking to some people and encouraging them. Y'all, God chooses a lot of broken people. He chooses broken people. He chooses jacked up people. Can I get an amen? I don't know if y'all know this, but we are all, we all got issues, okay? And like I said, if you don't think you got issues, that is your issue. God, he chose Noah. He was a drunk. God's love draws the most broken people. Rahab was a prostitute. David was a murderer and adulterer. Matthew was a thief. Peter was impulsive. He denied Jesus all the way up into the cross. And then you're looking at a guy right now on stage who was in the worst addiction who was so messed up. I remember I would take things that didn't belong to me. I was a thief for years. I was was defined by what everybody else would think about me. Can I tell you today that you are not too far gone? You're not too far gone. Anyone watching online, you are not too far gone. Some of you can't even lean into this moment because you're so focused on your mistakes. Y'all listen, the word of God says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from from God's love. So let me ask you, what is it that you're holding on to that you, think, that you think for some reason you're the exception? You're not God. He loves you. He wants relationship with you. You're not too far gone. I love this verse. Psalm 51 says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. I went from cussing like a sailor to preaching the gospel. Because one moment in the presence of God can change everything. He uses broken people. This is what it says. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. I love this. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. What does God want this morning? He he wants you to turn your eyes upon him. That's the last thing I wrote down. We we turn our eyes upon Jesus. This is the simple act of repentance. You turn from your sin and you turn to Jesus. 